Hey friends, Josh here. This is part two of my conversation with the very awesome Jim Harold from Jim Harold's Campfire and also the Paranormal Podcast. Today we're talking about something super fascinating that I've only really ever heard Jim talk about, and that's sustaining programming for podcasters. Okay guys, let's do this thing. It's funny, I think Howard Stern said that he was still learning something about radio at 65. I'm not sure if yeah, that was true or not, but yeah, I think that that's just, it's always a journey, regardless what level you're at. So, Well, I think that that's maybe the difference between people who dabble and people who are dedicated to it. And it's not being judgmental. There's plenty of things in life that I dabble in, and there's nothing wrong with dabbling. There's nothing wrong with saying... I want to start a podcast for me and I'm going to do an episode now and, you know, I'll do an episode in three months. And there was a period when I first started, I was kind of like that. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, You know, there's nothing saying, but if something becomes your vocation and something that becomes your career, I think one of the keys to success is always saying, what can I do better? What can I do better? What can I do better? That's it. One thing that you talk about that I've never really heard anyone else talk about, and I think it's because although you're running a very professional operation, Jim, you do straddle the line between still having some elements of what you do being pure passion plays. And I I thought that the way you put it on your own show, Pod Lords, which is still out there for people to go listen to, there's some great interviews there, is that you view the shows on your network or that you're creating that maybe aren't fully monetized or aren't commercialized as sustaining programming yeah and to a more global audience that would be more like public broadcasting or something like public access television if you're familiar with that term so can you tell us how you came to that idea because i think it's really fascinating that you view those shows as being important but not for a monetary reason but as part of a mix of content it's amazing really well, the thing is, in some of those shows I've stopped producing, for example, mm. Pod Lords, because I only have so many hours in a day. But the concept yeah. came to me actually from old time American radio. And this goes back to the 40s, the 30s and the 40s. And what the networks would do is they would have their very popular shows that were the big money makers, uh, like uh, the Jack Benny program. He was a famous American comic who was maybe the biggest comic in the country. And he had a huge radio show. But then they would have like almost public service shows that didn't make any money, but they did it because it was seen as a civic duty. Or there was, they just felt it was a good thing to do, you know, things for, for example, in World War II, they would do things for the war effort, those kind of things. So something like Pod Lords, which I uh, did uh, for about a year, and, and who knows, the thing is, I never close the door on bringing these things back. I did it because there were some things I wanted to say about podcasting, and I wanted to talk to other people about their podcasting journey for fun because I thought that maybe I had a little bit different approach and I just decided it would be a good thing for the company to do and for me to do. So that's the concept, but it was really lifted from, you know, old time American radio going back to the thirties and forties, this idea of sustaining programming shows that we just do because we feel we should do them. Does the goal beyond just that feeling yourself is creating things that you feel will have a positive impact Is that part of that driver? You're not just doing hobby shows for the sake of doing them because you're so busy. There's clearly some intention behind what you would invest 
resources in in terms Absolutely. of those types of shows that they have to have to be something that's going to impact people in a positive way. Yeah. I don't put out anything that I, I, I wouldn't put out a show that I thought just was for me. I mean, that's part of it. Yeah. But yeah. It, it would have to have some edifying kind of value to people. And I thought Podlords had that. And I still think it's a good show because I I did talk about the tech some, but I tried to not make it all about the tech because that's transitory. But talking about people's podcasting journey, that's something that's evergreen. And, uh, you know, I like to think about my shows, most of them. You know, you can go back and listen to a 10-year-old show of mine and still get some value out of it. And particularly with the campfire, that's entirely evergreen. And, and kind of one of my long-term goals, as in when I'm off this planet, is that maybe 100 or 200 years from now, somebody picks up a dusty hard drive. They found like a, a you know, a urban archaeologist or something, and they plug it into whatever they have then. And they listen to some of these shows and say, oh, these are pretty interesting. And, and he had some interesting ideas of the nature of the universe, although we know he was all wrong because now we know this. And so he was <laughs> on to something. You know, that's kind of a long-term goal, one that I'll never know if I reach. But yep. hopefully, you know, I, I think about these guys who produced old-time radio in the 30s and 40s and early 50s in the United States and in other countries as well. I mean, audio has gone on in other countries to have a longer life but i i think about those things and you still listen to them and you laugh or if it's a drama it still impacts you in an emotional way and these people who recorded these things like in 1947 had no idea that it would still be impacting people maybe not the huge numbers but still somebody would be listening and being entertained or getting some value out of it 70 years later and it'd be kind of cool to think that maybe someday that Somebody somewhere will say, hey, did you hear this? This is really interesting. This this guy back in back in 2010, listen to the stuff he was talking about. <laughs> it's a pretty grand vision, and I like it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Hey there, it's Guy Miley Corain and I broadcast on the Triple M Network regionally, weekday mornings right around Australia. I've been part of the radio industry for, geez, more than 17 years now and I've seen a lot of wannabes. They come and go overnight in the podcasting space. A lot of them talk the talk, they really can't deliver and take it to the next level. So I'm really happy, thank goodness, that I found Josh and the team at Dead Set Podcasting. These guys I know are here to stay. Now, not only do they absolutely exceed expectations, but they also understand the importance of deadlines and making sure the final product is ready on time. That is a huge, important thing in the media game. They are the best that I have found in the podcast space by far, and I can't wait to work with them again in the future.